Hope. It's what military families need today. Join Hope for the Warriors once a month as we talk with America's heroes and those that support them. Through open conversations and honest dialogue, learn more about the topics that are most impacting the military community. Welcome to the Hope for the Warriors podcast. I'm Kate Dudley, a military spouse and your host. Welcome to the first episode of the new year. What are some of your new year's resolutions? Some of mine are, in case you're wondering, to be more present, enjoy the little things in life, and laugh as much as possible. That's just one of the many reasons we chose this fantastic guest to kick off 2024. Today we have a military spouse who proves that the battle is tough, but the laughter is tougher. So I had to move here because of my husband's job. My job is convincing people that I have a husband. <laughs> right. I am not available, ladies. And that's just one of the clips from Ashley Gutermuth, who is a comedian with the Best Medicine Brigade, which supports Operation Hilarious. The idea is simple, and that is therapeutic humor to heal veterans. So, Ashley, how was your New Year's? Any uh, resolutions you'd like to share? No, no, I don't do resolutions. I'm uh, constantly in a battle with my internal self to uh, to beat whatever I was yesterday, and it's unpleasant. So, so, so creating more, more resolutions, no, I don't do it. Um, how was my New Year? I had uh, kabasi and sauerkraut, which is a Pittsburgh tradition where I grew up. I don't know why it's a Pittsburgh tradition, but uh, we had that. Any fireworks? Anything? Because you live in oh San Antonio. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, part of the time, yeah. But we had yep, fireworks. Five, a good four and a half hours of fireworks. Um, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. There was so much smoke from I just from on base. I could see all of San Antonio. And the different fireworks pockets of the city was just, it was intense. There was um, just hours and hours. The grand finale of the uh, New Year's Eve fireworks was, or I guess it was New Year's Day at that point, was 25 minutes long. You just wake up and you're like, what? What is that? And then you hear the banging, the pots banging. <laughs> you're like, what is going on? There's explosions everywhere for hours. <laughs> they do say everything's bigger in Texas. Apparently, definitely the fireworks. I don't know where they bought them. These were, I, I don't know if these were houses or if this was the city putting them out, but it was, there were many different pockets uh, around. They like their fireworks in Texas. So when I was down in San Antonio, uh, we had maybe five to 10 uh, veterans running in the San Antonio Rock and Roll Marathon. It was awesome. It was my first time visiting San Antonio. And the one stop that I wanted to make that I wasn't able to was to In-N-Out Burger which I am so oh, jealous yeah. that you have that there because I live in upstate New York and we don't have that. And I used to live in California and they had it. So is that, is, is that one of your food places or where, where do you like to go? No, I, uh, I've never been there, but I should go. Um, I was actually just in, I was in Woodstock, New York. I had a show up there last week. So that was pretty cool. It's weird to go from the, the amount of traveling that I do. There is no way that I could possibly dress for it. It was, you know, cold and rainy. In Woodstock, and then it's 70 degrees in Texas. Um, 
where do my go-to places to go out to eat? I'll tell you what I do. I'm a little raccoon. I will, uh, I, I travel a lot. So I will go from, as soon as I land, if I, if it's not the middle of the night, I will go to a grocery store and then I just hoard whatever I can from that grocery store. Or, or you'll see me just shoveling things from the, um, uh, the hotel buffet, just, you know, scrambled eggs into a purse. That's, that's, that's how I eat. Basically. It's not, it's it's not go to places. For, it's, it's good. That's how I save, save money. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why Hilton's are great because they give you free water. It's a, it's a glamorous life. <laughs> so you said you were just in Woodstock. Where else have you been recently? Oh yeah. Woodstock. I was at Vegas, uh, Los Angeles. Um, I'm going to San Diego soon. And then Japan in February, try to travel all over, get those airline points. So you travel because you do comedy. Do you want to speak on what the best medicine brigade is? Because that's kind of uh, the, the biggest part of this episode is we wanted to do positive good vibes first episode of 2024 new year's nice. and i got connected with robin phoenix johnson who started the best medicine brigade and it's just such an amazing organization can you just tell me what it is and, and where it came from so yeah, the best medicine brigade is a um a group, an organization that is filled with military spouse and military, uh, you know, veterans and people that are still in even uh, comedians and um, they, you know, travel around or typically, let's say you wanted, let's say you wanted a comedy show in the DC area, you could contact Best Medicine Brigade and they could give you military and military spouse uh, comedians to fulfill that role that have uh, been vetted and can do things like clean shows you know, because um, that's especially for like companies, that's usually a big deal. Uh, but yeah, it started, it's a part of Hilarious, which is another thing Robin does, which is a, um, a nonprofit to help uh, veterans and um, really anybody to help them to take their problems and reframe them in a way that's positive. So turn, figure out how to turn your negative into a joke, which is a really, that's what comedians do all the time, right? There's, um, I heard David Sedaris say this on a masterclass, but I, he said, I feel bad for the people that have bad things happen to them and they don't have anywhere for it to go. They don't have like a book to write. So it's just bad things happen and that's it. But when something bad happens to me, uh, my immediate next thought will be, how can I use this? And so it's like, how can you turn that into something fun? or make people laugh with it. And then it becomes a, a thing of its own. And then you're almost glad that that horrible thing happened. Uh, yeah, that's the Best Medicine Brigade and Hilarious kind of go together. Yeah, when I was looking up Hilarious and Best Medicine Brigade, it, it seems like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't really seen anything else like that in this country to help veterans in, in that way. And that's very unique. Why is that unique? Yeah. And have you seen that before? Robin just wanted to have something that was specific to, you know, stopping suicide, which is a big thing. You know, I also host, we have the hilarious program, but I also host the American Legion's podcast, um, Tango Alpha Lima, which uh, we're a part of the Be The One program that the American Legion has. So be the one person that uh, stops somebody from doing that. So, you know, it's all a part of the, the broader scheme of trying to make veterans and military families' lives better. Um, and to reduce these, you know, terrible things that are happening in our communities. How has comedy made your life better? 
I've always loved comedy. No matter, like from when I was really little and I used to go to work with my parents, we would listen to comedy tapes. Um, I lis listen to things on repeat just uh, my whole life. I've never really found any love for drama or like science fiction or anything like that. I like things that are clever, especially British comedy. Um, I don't really have any time in my life for anything that is not that. I don't like when things try to make me sad. That's annoying to me. That's <laughs> frustrating. Um, but uh, so this, that's sort of been my sole focus my entire life is just on how can something be funny really to the detriment of others because I'll see something as being funny and they are trying to treat it seriously. And I'm just like, I've, I've had so many different regular jobs and I just look around and be like, you, no, wait a minute. You guys are taking this seriously. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's always about the joke for me, no matter what. That's a great mentality to have. And I already feel like connected to you in a way because I feel that way about life in general. Do you? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. It's all Life is too oh, short to be serious about. There are times to be serious, but it, it's too short to be unhappy and sad and to mm -hmm. even wallow. And I, I am kind of the same way where I might laugh when it might not feel like the right time right. to laugh. But it's just, you know, <laughs> I just feel like you have to be positive about things because what's like, and like, you know, a, a smile or a laugh can literally change someone's day or just be nice to people mm -hmm. in general when you walk into a store, hold the door for people. Like it's not rocket science. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have, um, so I'm autistic and when uh, I, I guess I, I'm, I don't know, this is what the doctors say, that I perceive things as much more of a threat right off the bat than other people do. So I'm like, I'm like constantly like, like ready to go. And um, like you're talking about, oh, holding the door open. I love, I'm, I am constantly in the search for politeness. I go out of my way to be as, as considerate as possible. But the split second that I see somebody like not do that or abuse that in some way, I, I, I can't handle it. I become so intense. <laughs> like, like it just flips like a switch. I'm like, oh, you're not a considerate person. You go into the bad person pile and you are, you better get ready for what's about to, what's coming your way. <laughs> so you've said you're a raccoon. <laughs> yep. I'm a little raccoon, little squirrel. <laughs> Feisty. I, I love that. Um, and then <laughs> as, a, as a military spouse as well, ha having that kind of, uh, that mechanism how how is that has that kind of grown over time or has it been like your whole life that you've kind of been that way that's a whole life situation um I guess it's part of my just brain makeup with the autistic piece but it's also um my dad was in the army my grandfather was in the marines my dad even though he was in at a time when not much was happening uh, he, he's one of like those intense, like, let's live in a bunker. Like you, when you go, like, if you're home alone, you better search the perimeter first, make sure nobody's inside. Like, but at the same time, giving me like tasers and throwing knives and guns when I was a kid. So it's like that, that was definitely fed into. <laughs> so I, now I have to like tamp it down. It was funny. I was my, so my, my husband's been in the air force for 33 years. He's a, a combat pilot. He flew C-130s into uh, really cool places. He's done a lot of really intense things. And there was this one time when we were at a, um, it was a couple of days before Christmas. We were in Delaware and they had an active shooter threat at the mall we were in. And the mall is completely packed. And somebody screams, he's got a gun. And I immediately go into lockdown. All right, let's get out. 
how do we do this? I get very calculated. And it was in that moment when I realized like my, my husband just didn't care if he lived or died. He was just still looking at the watches in the Apple store. It's just like, I'm like pulling him along. And he's like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. We just had very different threat responses to, I'm like, okay, we need to do this, this, and this. Um, and he's just like, eh, okay, you know, I've lived a life. Uh, so we, there's no like right way or wrong way, but it, I, it's always like interesting to me to see how different people uh, perceive things, which, which there's a, a stoic like philosophy that it's all about how nothing is inherently good or bad because two people can react to things complete the same thing completely differently. It's all about how you perceive it. Um, and if you can shift your perception on something, it's so powerful. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was a funny one for me. Just dragging them through the mall. <laughs> Do you need to start looting? Like at least steal something. Come on. Buddy. It's like opposites attract, I, I guess, in that situation. <laughs> Oh Maybe. yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, that's a good point. I'm always like, did you lock the doors? Nah, I guess. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? And it's just a real different um, showing of upbringing of like a, like a nurtured loving environment where you think like, oh yeah, everything's fine versus you're good. Everybody's coming to kill you. What do you do? Lock the doors. How did you meet your husband? We were friends. Um, yeah. Just the same kind of area. I tell people back alley which is the best way. It's been so long now. I was reading something recently where it said that uh, marriage was initially only supposed to be five years and then you would re-up, but it was like a five-year license. And I was like, oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> I'll tell them. I would stay with mine. You, you'll tell yours. <laughs> I asked my husband uh, last week, I said, if, if we were able to live forever, since humans are getting closer and closer to that, would you stay with me forever? Because uh, can you imagine being... 900 and we're still talking about the same stuff like at what point do you go well this isn't yeah what do you talk about at that point like i remember <laughs> exactly. 200 years ago <laughs> right remember 200 years ago when you didn't put the dishes away <laughs> still doing the same thing <laughs> still doing it think of it so when did you start getting into comedy so i i always loved it always wanted to do it i did toastmasters as a teenager um so when gave speeches and things like that but they were never speeches in the way that the company or the organization wanted me to do it they were always some improvised funny thing and just built on that so i was doing those types of things when i was 17 and writing and i have jokes little joke pamphlets that i used to write in high school uh but i didn't really know how to do it um now it's a little bit easier because you can type in open mic and as long as you live in a, a moderately big city there's going to be some sort of open mic that you can go and try there or even zoom mics you know now that once the pandemic hit uh there was a lot of zoom shows that happened there's many much less now but there's still some companies that haven't gone back to work they'll hire comedians to come in um and do zoom shows for them but it's, it's all i ever wanted to do uh, and it's all that i really uh it's all that I want to do and figuring out the ways in which uh, I want to do it and what success is, is uh, a constant like puzzle piece because there's different, uh, different uh, success measurements. Like, like, are you uh, in movies or are you on famous TV shows or doing things like that? And then you meet the people that are doing that and you're like, well, I don't really like, I see what they're doing and I don't really, that doesn't look very much like fun. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out like what that is. I think it is doing the things that I want to do with the people that I want to do it with. 
ideally. A great motto in life in general. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I want to have everything I want and I want it now is basically what apparently what my my work philosophy is. Uh, but yeah, it's all all I've ever wanted to do, and in a, a variety of ways, and you know, in writing, and I like writing monologue jokes or roast jokes. I've written roast. People will contact me to write roast jokes for like their friend for a wedding or something like that, and then you got to you know figure out what sucks about that person and then make fun of it, but in a way that it doesn't get their friend punched when they're delivering it. <laughs> um, it's a balance. At what point <laughs> did you realize you were funny? Did you have a moment where you're like, oh, people are laughing. Like they're laughing uh, a lot. I could do this. I, I just always, I was always trying to be funny. Uh, it, I have some distinct memories of um, standing up on my desk in school and and saying things at totally inappropriate times um, uh, to try to make people laugh. I have, you know, or creating jokes for the teacher or things like that. So just it was uh, that and, and acting. I was always interested in acting. So I was always trying to be in plays or trying to write things. Or I have little movies from when I was like 10 that I was making that I I had a little camcorder, things like that. So yeah, it was just like, it's a lifelong obsession. I've always wondered that with comedians, because there has to be a time when you say, okay, this is, this is good. My husband had a phase where he wanted to do comedy and he's very funny. Don't get me wrong. But it takes a lot. And he's, we've been saying, you know, you can go to an open mic or, or something, but <laughs> I'm like, you gotta understand there's a lot that goes into it. What goes into doing a comedy show? Oh yeah. It's years and years of failure. <laughs> and, and uh, you have to be driven by something else, by something else other than like money. Cause people, sometimes people will send me a message and they're like, this, I'm about to retire. Is this a good, this will be a good side hustle for me. And I'm like, you're not going to be paid any money for years. And uh, the for a long time, you'll be glad to be paid in French fries because there's certain, there's a lot of different like uh, pockets of comedy. There's something called ambush comedy where let's say you're at a Red Lobster and uh, that you just see somebody setting up a PA system in the corner. And uh, all of a sudden it's a free comedy night and you're like, I didn't really want a free comedy night. I just wanted to come to Red Lobster. Uh, but now it's that comedian's job to try to hopefully not annoy you so that you, you know, complain about red lobster. <laughs> so, so that that's ambush comedy where nobody is paid to come to it. And then you have your, your free nights and your open mic nights and your uh, different showcases and things like that. But there's a lot to it. And it's a lot of just getting out and doing it. You just have to do it over and over and over. And you have to fail terribly and you have to feel your body get very hot in front of a lot of people many times because they didn't understand what you said. It doesn't mean it's not funny. You could have just said it in a way that didn't make any sense, um, which is, that's a lot of it is just trying to, com- it's communicating. Going through those failures, does that make the success that you're having now just so much sweeter? Oh, I don't feel like I have any success with anything really. <laughs> I am a constant, like I'm just constantly going, you know, it's that, what, what am I doing right now? Uh, like I'm, 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 I'm always on fire. Um, and I just, I've always been that way. So I guess I must like it, but, um, I like the getting to know the people, like there's people that follow me online that they'll, they'll talk to me and they'll share things about their lives. That's really great. Um, 
or going out to shows and they'll, and people will tell me their stories. That's always awesome. But I'm always looking towards whatever the next thing is, the bigger thing. Like how, how do I push myself to the next piece? So sometimes people will be like, well, when do you like, uh, like when will you be satisfied or whatever? And there will never be a point. It just doesn't exist in my brain, which I'm fine with, I guess. How has your comedy resonated with the veteran community as a spouse? So far seems pretty positive. Um, you know, I get, uh, I'll go to conferences, like military conferences, and I'll have generals and high level and um, enlisted people uh, come up to me and they'll tell me to keep going with things. And it's funny because it, people will say, well, are you going to get in trouble? Like, no, nobody cares. Everybody's just trying to do the best that they can. But now, now I do have a, a much higher level of awareness than uh, some just, uh, I'm just, like I said, I'm with everything. I, my senses are heightened. And so I know not to do things. People will write to me with jokes and they'll say, tell them that they need to uh, um, walk past the red line on the flight line. Well, that's the, hey, security forces are going to shoot you line. No, I'm not going to tell them to do that. <laughs> you know, hey, tell them to tell them to yell at the guy at the gate. No, I'm not going to do that. You know, um, so there is a, a sense of responsibility that I do take on. But a lot of it is just me being silly. We all know that comedy can push boundaries. How do you balance making people laugh while maintaining respect, especially with topics related to the military? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you, uh, sometimes I uh, um, touch on things that I didn't even know were going to bother people. So sometimes you just do it and then people don't like it. And that's their right to feel however they want to feel. And if they want to block me, then that's totally fine too. I will continue to scream into the void. I guess all I can really do is be who I am in that moment. And if later on, I'm like, oh, that was the wrong thing to say. I can be that person then too and go, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. It, it, it's probably more likely to come in like an off the cuff thing. And the way that you, you talk to like a group of comedians talks, versus um, how I might talk to a group of non-comedians, things like that, uh, is very different because when you talk to, if, if uh, the general public <laughs> watched a group of comedians talk, none of them would ever get work again. Like it's just like, like it's just one-upping each other. It's just a, a competition of who can be the most horrible. And it's great. I love it. Uh, but the general public just goes, what? Oh my God. <laughs> That's funny. I, I can see that. I can like picture that. <laughs> right. Comedians together. When you're at a show and you do have the opportunity to make an audience laugh that might be a, a lot of veterans um, spouses, what is that like just to see them react that way and to genuinely see people happy? I like it when they say that they felt heard in ways that they weren't heard before. So that's always really nice. You know, it's like a, an underserved uh, community that did, felt like they didn't have, um, they might've had feelings about these things that they didn't know that they could say, or um, they've not heard somebody say before. And then they can be heard as well by maybe testing their comedy chops if they want to do a show or learn oh. how do they do that from a total comedian standpoint go out and without even saying that you're going to sign up just, just go watch an open mic if you want to be a comedian it, it doesn't have to be for a job it could just be to go try it out go to an open mic 
and watch the other comedians. And then you're going to go, oh, this is fine. Because it's, <laughs> you're not going to see like people that are, uh, you'll see a couple good people. You'll see some that you're like, I have no idea what this person is or what, like what, who they are, what are they saying? What they're saying doesn't make any sense to me. And then you go, I could do this. And then you have that moment and then you go up and then you're that person that people are like, oh, who is that? What are they saying? But it doesn't matter because you're trying. <laughs> and so you just, you go and you keep going and you do it because you have uh, some insatiable need from some traumatic childhood that you want to get out. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen any of the the veterans involved with Operation Hilarious? Because the one of the mottos is healing veterans through comedy have you seen healing firsthand uh yeah you know um definitely as they create new jokes and as they you know robin does a lot of that stuff with the va where she um teaches them how to to craft jokes and um sees them go from like really depressed to spinning it all around so she sees definitely sees more of it than i do because she's in more boots on the ground with teaching the classes things like that but yeah, definitely. And I see it with my, the comedians that are veterans and spouses that I hang out with have been doing it for a few years. So you'll see them create a new joke or um, in angst, a pit of angst about something. <laughs> and then you see them go on stage and they do it and the joke works and then they um, feel better about it. So yeah, that's good all around. I listened to some of the testimonials as well. And I saw one video that stuck out where veterans said that comedy saved their life. This was on one of the news stations, I believe down in Charleston. Um, when you hear something like that, what comes to your mind? Well, I'm definitely grateful that they found it, you know, it makes you wonder what if they didn't find it, you know, how, how bad could that be? Yeah. You can, um, definitely if you, I would say, if you haven't found your thing yet, keep looking for it because there's something out there for everybody. It might not be comedy, could be painting, could be making, you know, uh, metal detecting. I like that too. But yeah, it's, I think it's great. I think and being able to help people in that way is huge. You know, that's saving somebody's life, essentially. I'll get messages like that um, occasionally about like my clips or people that are uh, in um, going through uh, cancer or divorce or things like that. And they'll say, hey, or a deployment, and you know, your clips got me through the deployment or they got me through this or that. And I think that's really wonderful that to be able to have that sort of impact on uh, one person, let alone more than one. So I think it's great. That's really cool. That's got to feel really good to see those messages and know that you're making a difference. It's hard to uh, take in because that's a lot of, I'm not particularly an emotional person. I'm a robot. I'm a, ro a raccoon robot. Uh, <laughs> so um, it's hard to take in and understand, I guess. How can <laughs> listeners find you or um you know if they want to get involved in operation hilarious if you can't even remember how my name is you just type in weird short-haired lady military comedian <laughs> onto google but um i'm everywhere ashley gutermuth or ashleygutermuth.com but yeah so and any social media even if linkedin i post on linkedin why not who else is doing it help i'll get you in trouble at work don't worry about it <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. I know you're traveling a lot. Thank you. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of 2024. I know I did. I loved that conversation with Ashley Gutermuth. 
And here is what I'm taking away from it. The new year is like a blank canvas waiting for your masterpiece. So why not splash it with a bit of passion? Hope for the Warriors can help with that. If your resolution is to say get in shape, our sports and recreation team is fantastic and they can help you find opportunities in your area. And it doesn't have to be running. Maybe you want to try archery, pickleball, competitive cornhole, whatever it is, they can help you if you just connect to services on hopeforthewarriors.org. If financial wellness is your game, our wellness team is here to flex their budgeting muscles and help you achieve financial stability. Because let's face it, a balanced bank account is as important as those biceps. For all you knowledge seekers out there, folks ready to take that next step or find a new path, our Warriors Compass program is here to walk you through each new step. It's like a treasure hunt. And here's the map, hopeforthewarriors.org. So many resources just waiting for you to discover them. Believe me, there's a world of opportunities out there. You just need to know where to look. That'll do it for this episode of the Hope for the Warriors podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, keep in mind, a little kindness goes a long way. Hope, it's what our military community needs today.